Hello, this is Jeroen, and this is your favorite Dutch early stage startup mentor that lives in Amsterdam and is about 31 years old. Wow, if only if I was your favorite. This is the third part of the Beachhead Market series, and I want to highlight something, is that in hindsight, most of these Beachhead Market things, they look obvious, but when you are a founder in that chaos, it's not as clear. In this article, I show you how to select a Beachhead Market in this chaos and how to validate such a Beachhead Market. So I want to introduce you to Flowline. I will use the case study of Flowline to show that it can be hard and, and, and tricky and fuzzy. Um, Flowline is a startup that offers... AI sports trainer. What it does it is it uses video analysis and it provides feedback on the player's movements, positioning in the field, and sports-specific feedback. For example, your swing in tennis. To, they achieve this by installing their camera systems at partnered fields and courts and by processing the footage with their software. They had this idea and Flowline felt that their computer vision-based technology could apply to any sports. Um, so which sport to select? Well, in their guts, field hockey and football felt much too big to them. After some deliberation, they had to choose between two sports, tennis and padel. Which vertical is right for them? So people that don't know padel, it's a tash-squash hybrid. played it myself. It's quite fun. Um, so what they did is they looked at market sites. Padel and tennis are quite similar sports, yet tennis in the Netherlands has been around much longer, resulting in many, many more players. In the Netherlands, tennis had 1 million active players, Padel about 30k. Um, so why won't you opt for the big markets? Well, the Padel market is growing super fast. Padel is expected to hit 124 players in 2024. That's 400% growth. And in the mentoring sessions, the team underpinned this growth as a compelling arguments. However, a first-year MBA student would select the lar largest markets. But before trying to enter a market, you don't know which share of a market you can obtain. Theoretically speaking, it could be that they are able to get 80% of the Padel market and only 1% of the tennis market. And in absolute numbers, that would be 24,000 customers versus 10 customers, uh, 10,000 customers. <laughs> However, getting 80% seems awfully high as a market penetration. I get that. Still, we don't know what share of each of these markets they're able to penetrate. And before entering that information, uh, that market, you don't have that information available. So you should just make a decision because you can't always analyze your way out of situations like this. Sometimes you just need to pick. And they had a gut feel argument that Padel as a sport was more innovative. The team envisioned the tennis player to be boomers sitting in a dim-lit cafeteria after their game. And for them, this was enough. It's a fast-growing market. It's a younger, tech-savvy crowd. Let's go for Padel. And then they made the decision. You don't need to be an M you don't need to have an MBA report for each decision in your startup. It, it was not an easy decision to the team. It was hesitant to make that final call. And I see that a lot. Bear in mind, you are not marrying your decision on anything. And here's, it is important to check if you're facing a one-door or a two-way door decision. Is this decision reversible? One-way doors, you can't go back. Two-way doors are easy to overturn. And in my experience, most decisions in early-stage startups are reversible. And therefore, two-way doors. And if you encounter such a decision, don't overanalyze. Pick one. Worst-case scenario, you miss a couple of weeks' work. So now they selected Padel as the vertical um, and they wanted to test that beachhead market to see if it works. So 
I already told you that the term beachhead market was inspired by the invasion of Normandy. Um, the Normandy invasion was called Operation Overlord. But have you heard of Operation Husky? Yeah, what is an article by me without some historic reference? It's it's short, I trust you. Trust me, it's short. Um, Operation Husky was the invasion of Axis Sicily in 1943, one year prior to Operation Overlord. It was the biggest aero-amphibious invasion to date. And some historians see this invasion of the Sicilian island and Italy as a place of learning for Operation Overlord. The result? Well, after launching the beachhead in Sicily, within six weeks, the entire island of Sicily was captured. Chiefs in charge were so impressed they called for a larger invasion of Italy. And this was very successful. In the end, one-fifth of all German forces in that were stationed out in the entirety of Europe were moved to Italy to fight this invasion. And this invasion ultimately led to dictator Mussolini to being toppled of power. So, key learning here is, yes, the Allies can do amphibious invasions using beachheads. Good to know. Now, if we go to Flowline's beachhead market strategy, how can they test that beachhead market that they have selected? Well, with Padel as a vertical, Flowline ultimately had a product or feature-based beachhead market strategy, like Tesla. It consisted of three waves of functionality for Padel players. In the first wave, they would ha just have basic functionality of video recording of matches with some highlights, but no analysis. In the second wave, they would add manual analysis of the videos by Padel coaches. And in wave three, they would automate this process using AI. And, and that's the process of analysis. So they had a waved, a layered structure to get into this market. And to test this, they launched five experiments to learn whether this is likely to succeed. So experiment one focused on are people interested in having their game filled? So the first step of the beachhead market would only include video and is that enough value for the Padel players? They did a survey, uh, NS45, and they uh, found that 13% already filmed their game sometimes and three quarters of the people were interested in filming the game. So based on this survey, the team concluded that could that this could indeed be an interesting first step of their strategy. Um, I showed a draft of this article to a founder of Flowline, and he reflects critically that this survey was not really mom-test proof because it contained future-oriented questions, such as, would you be interested in? Uh, he says it contains biased data. Um, also, he wondered, like, if you ask people this, like, filming could be a nice-to-have gimmick. Uh, doesn't say anything about payment yet. So, in hindsight, he's a bit more critical on, on, on the experiment that he conducted. But in, the, in, in time, it, it, it helped to create uh, confidence for this concept. In experiment two, they wondered, why are people not using Padel trainers? Their job to be done is to be better at Padel, and their biggest competitors are Padel trainers. Why are people not using them? And 41% said that the cost of a trainer was the main reason of not using them. Uh, sample size is 28, or 22% said not having the time. Uh, it turns out that they are too costly. And on paper, an automated recording system would be cheaper than a person and takes up less time. And these were positive signals and for the beachhead market strategy. And the founder says, because we're asking about the past, like, hey, why didn't you hire a pedal trainer uh, he felt this was more reliable data than the previous experiment um experiment three focused on can we get a pedal court to join because having the pedal players on one side sounds good but you need pedal courts that will have you 
And they cold called and visited Patel, Patel Courts in the Rotterdam area and quite soon found a court owner that loved their concept. And this court owner was an innovator, pure sign. He bought them their first GoPro for their first prototype and that is a great sign of commitment. Their hunch that Padel might be a bit more innovative than tennis could be right. So the founder here reflects that they first wanted to focus on consumer value before signing up other courts. And while they were doing this, they found a competitor with similar recording option with 10 courts in the Netherlands. And that gave them enough confidence that other courts would be willing to work with us. So they paused the, de- the business development of other Padel courts to first see, can we generate value for our customers? With, with everything in place, if they wondered with experiment four, can we get players to actually sign up for our service? And they run a simple landing page experiment to see if people would sign up. Answer, yes, 52 signups with quite high conversion rate. That's pretty good. Uh, they offer three options to just have the footage, to have the footage with some feedback, and to have the footage with very professional feedback. The interesting thing is that this, the simple video offer got the most traction, and that underpinned their first wave of the beachhead market strategy. They also noticed a pattern, and that is that people interested in this are Padel players that play at least once a week. And that is relevant information for later segmentation. Um, what they also did, they printed a poster of their service and they hung it up at the partnered Padel court uh, with a QR code and, uh, and did, uh, that itself got uh, t- over 300 hits. So that's also a promising signal that people have interest in this. With this, they moved to experiment five. Can we actually generate value for the customers, the consumers, the Padel players? So they handcrafted their first pilot. They didn't have a system in place, but they still wanted to learn. So from that sign-up test, they invited people to their courts with their prototype in place. Then they manually analyzed 750 minutes of Padel footage for their users. Um, And they gave it in a simple stats PDF to the users, and they sent it to them to get some initial feedback. And they got mixed feedback on the PDF and the video. First, the video. So people said it was nice to have a video to improve yourself in Padel and looking back at yourself. And people said it is look, it's fun to look back at your game together, to relive and laugh about fun rallies. On the stats, um, people like the comparable stats. Uh, they, they, are, they have a very simple number and this makes them insights uh, useful. However, some people said, yeah, well, some numbers actually didn't have any value. Um, they, they were asking, like, knowing which kind of stroke to use, that would be actually valuable. So their current, MV, like, their, their handcrafted prototype, it allowed them to learn about what works and what doesn't work. But for a first try, this is quite good. Um, the founder uh, had one critical reflection, though, is that although they got feedback, they didn't know how long they looked at the video or the PDF, and they didn't charge anything. So did you provide enough value, or was this just a gimmick? There's always these doubts that you will have there, completely normal. So to summarize, what is their beachhead market? Well, their beachhead market has the following characteristics for now. It is at least in the Padel vertical. They are currently situated in the Rotterdam area, and... On one side, they have courts with innovative owners that are willing to invest for their customers' experience, and they're focusing on Padel players that play at least once per week. So that's already quite nicely segmented. Is this beachhead market validated? No. 
Nothing is ever validated. I think that's the wrong question. You should ask yourself, do they have more evidence on that beachhead market than at the start? And then I would say definitely yes. Some of you might now think, well, Jeroen, why did you call the article how to validate your beachhead market? Well, clickbait, baby. Nothing gets those hits rolling if you use the word validate in the title. So what's next for Flowline? Currently, they are testing this video proposition. They want to learn if people will actually record when the Flowline people are not handcrafting the experience. The founders want to learn if people will use the service and actually watch the video, and they will test if they can monetize this. And their next MVP should all help them to learn this. So you can clearly see how much this team has learned but still how much uncertainty there is in this startup. And that is exactly what I wanted to show you. There's chaos, there's still a lot of decisions to be made, and that is normal. And it's not easy to find your beachhead markets and product proposition. This is a long process if you want to do it right. And, and by the means of this article, I want to show you a little look under the hood of such a startup. So I hope that you learned anything. If you did, there's a link in the article to vote. But do you want to learn more? Because there's extra credits. Um, this is something new I'm testing. Um, this is some extra content that was not essential for the main storyline, but still holds value for the eager geeks and teachers' pets. So let me know in the feedback if you like this. Um, competition can be an argument as well for beachhead market selection. So when Flowline was scouting the field, they found that there was already a video recording app for the tennis vertical swing vision. Um that sounds promising. Um, they also found a company doing padel streaming in Scandinavia with 1,700 courts. So that shows that it might be a final business. And this is something you can include in your arguments. Customer counts and not market sizes. So to select a vertical, I talked about player amounts to select a market, right? But market sizes are always in euros or at least in a currency. Are padel players spending as much as tennis players? That is the question that's missing in this equation. Um, I could find some global numbers on the equipment market sizes and some napkin math helped me out here. So depending on the source, so depending on the source, tennis equipment market size is between four to nine billion, so let's say six billion on average, and the Padel equipment market size is about two hundred million. The ratio of six billion to two hundred million is roughly one in thirty, and this is similar to the ratio of tennis players and padel players in the Netherlands, so one to thirty. Um and I would conclude the average spend per player, uh, tennis versus Padel, is similar um, based on these stats. So that for me would not be a convincing argument to select either one or not. As some of you might have thought, hey, what about Spain? Because Padel is particularly popular in Spain. Um, there are 6 million players of Padel in Spain, and that is out of, let's say, is just below 50 million inhabitants. So that's 13% of that country playing Padel. Well, that's a huge market compared to the 30K in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, it would round off to 0%. So the MBA student might say, go to Spain then. Sure, if you are a big corporate and you have deep pockets, that might work. However, this team is located in the Netherlands. They don't have the financial or timely resources to relocate. And the physical component of their solution, their cameras, would make it hard to launch there, rather than in their own backyard. Even though this market might be very interesting, it was not a ser serious option for them. It could obviously be an option two years down the line. 
These were some extra reflections. Let me know if you liked them. This was Jeroen Koele for I Want Product Market Fit, the audio version. And let me know what you think of this. And if you have any friends or family that could use this, please do share it. If you could use some personal help with, and you want to talk to me one-on-one, go to the website iwantproductmarket.fit and click one-on-one help. I have some mentoring spots available in the coming weeks and months. Um, and I might help you to find your beachhead market. Cheers.